0: What's up, aliens! It's Big Al. Welcome to another dumb sports empire. And it's officially happened. Tim Tebow has been cut by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Tim Tebow, the man that thought he could play quarterback, gets drafted in the first round. First of all, starts with an amazing college career. One, two national championships? Heisman Trophy winner. I think one national championship. Maybe two. I don't know. Not prepared again. That's my consistency. It's not being prepared. Two national championships, let's say. Drafted first round. Plays for the Broncos. Anytime Tim Tebow's ever mentioned in any situation, they replay the video of him throwing that pass to Demarius Thomas a thousand times. It's total horseshit. Beating the Steelers in the playoffs. Tim Tebow bounces around teams. Broncos, Patriots, Eagles. Jets? I think those were his four squads. He goes around, bounces around those teams, doesn't cut it, plays little special teams, tries to block on the punt team for the Jets, sucks at blocking. I don't know, backs out of football, retires from football? I don't know if he retired or if people just didn't want him. Tries to play baseball. Plays three minor league series or seasons in the Met, with the Mets organization. Doesn't really do anything. Bats... 2-something all the time. couple home runs sprinkled in there. A couple highlights sprinkled in there. Comes back. Now wants to play tight end. When they asked him to play tight end years ago, 10 years ago, when he was coming out, they asked him to play tight end. And they said, he said, no, he's a quarterback. Now wants to come back and play tight end at 33 years old. Doesn't look great in the first preseason game. Somehow gets a shot with the Jaguars because of Urban Meyer. It's all about who you know in this life. Always remember that. It's all about, all about who you know. Gets an opportunity with Urban Meyer and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Looks jacked. Kind of short for a tight end, but looks jacked. Looks like he's going to do some damage. And then the first game rolls around, and he does not look like he knows how to block at all. He gets a pass stolen from uh, from him by the receiver in the game his one target but just doesn't look like he knows how to block on back-to-back plays too on one he like threw his body into a guy and it kind of delayed him for a second and it actually i guess technically was a successful block but it looked terrible he looked slow he looked like he didn't want to hit then the next play next play was even worse he whiffs a block defender blows up the play all tim tebow's fault and that right there was enough to get him cut I mean, it was, a, it was a long shot anyway. It was really a long shot that he was even going to make the team. A lot of people were mad saying that he couldn't be there. Stephen A. Smith's talking about white privilege of the fact that he even got on a team. I mean, in the end, it all worked out the way we thought it was going to work out. We didn't think he was going to make the 53-man roster. Um, he gets cut. I hope the guy does something cool now with his life or does something else. I don't know if any other team picks him up after seeing the tape. There's a lot of good tight ends out there. There's a lot of decent tight ends, young tight ends that deserve shots. I I think this is it. I think this is closed door on Tim Tebow. He was a great part of my childhood. I loved watching him at Florida. His NFL career never really took off, but, I mean, might be time to hang it up, keep working out, keep getting ripped, but, you know, this isn't for you, pal. You are not that guy, pal. Trust me, you are not that guy. The Tim Tebow cut, um, teams had to get down from 90 players to 85 players. Earlier this week, They a um, couple notable cuts. Prince of Mukamara hasn't really done anything the past few years, but I just love his name, and I love that he was one of my favorite corners a few years ago. Um, Bo Scarborough, if you were a college football fan, you know Bo Scarborough was an Alabama running back that looked like he was built in a lab. Like, this dude looked bigger faster and stronger than derrick henry at alabama which is saying a lot Bo scarborough there was a, a picture of him that went viral and he's just ripped huge muscles absolutely jacked never really panned out in the nfl and then lamar miller lamar miller was a big running back and um a few years ago in fantasy and then alfred morris alfred morris i didn't know he was still kicking i guess he was on the giants gets cut one of my favorite cuts though Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen gets cut from the, the 49ers. I hate how cocky he is. First of all, I hate that he's a UCLA quarterback. Second of all, I hate how cocky he was when he got drafted 10th overall by the Cardinals. Gets drafted, and then they immediately ask him some question about something. And he doesn't answer the question, but he immediately just goes to, there were nine mistakes drafted ahead of me. You know who those nine mistakes were drafted ahead of Josh Rosen? Baker Mayfield, number one overall. Um, Josh Allen, number seven overall. I mean, Sam Darnold, even Sam Darnold, he's been a starting quarterback in the NFL. But Sam Darnold was a better choice. Number two, Saquon Barkley. All these guys were drafted ahead of Josh Rosen. I'm sure if I look further into it, too, it would be a lot more. You know what? We're going we're gonna to look into it. We're looking it up just because of how much I hate Josh Rosen. Um, Baker Mayfield, first round draft. We're doing this. This is terrible. Terrible. 2018. This is bad radio. So you got Baker Mayfield, number one overall. Thousand times better than Josh Rosen. Saquon Barkley, thousand times better. Sam Darnold, better than Josh Rosen. Not a thousand. Better. Dude, everyone on this Smith on this list, everyone on this list is incredibly above and beyond Josh Rosen. I might read off the whole first round just because I mean the first round they're all better. (laughs) Like Everyone I'm seeing is better. All right, let's go. Baker Mayfield, Saquon Barkley, Sam Darnold, Denzel Ward, Bradley Chubb, number five overall. Quentin Nelson, number six overall. Josh Allen, number seven to the Bills. Eight, Roquan Smith. Nine, Mike McGlinchey. And 10, Josh Rosen. A wasted pick at number 10. Josh Rosen wasted number 10 because they draft Kyler Murray, number one overall next year. They actually... Josh Rosen helped them get Kyler Murray, their franchise quarterback, by sucking so bad. And he got like Minka Fitzpatrick, Vita Vea, Deron Payne, um, Derwin James was drafted after him, Leighton Vander uh, You got a lot here. The Steelers took Terrell Edmonds that year. What a bunch of clowns. Lamar Jackson was drafted at 32 overall. Nick Chubb, 35 overall. Ronald Jones later on. This dude was the worst quarterback in this draft. Like, hands down, the worst quarterback in this draft. All right. No more reading off that first round, that whole draft from that year. But Josh Rosen gets cut. That might be it for him, too. He's bounced around. He was in Tampa Bay. He was in San Francisco. He was in Miami. He was in... He's the practice squad player. I don't know what else he's going to do. And it's funny because he was so adamant. He was so outspoken about NCAA players getting paid. And you know Why? It was because he knew he wouldn't do anything in the NFL. So he had to get some money in college. He's already given off like rich boy vibes. And I know he, I think he grew up well off. But I mean, just mad because he couldn't do anything in the NFL. Now he's adamant about, was well, always been adamant about players getting paid in college. But we all knew it was because he wasn't going to do shit in the NFL. You know what else is back besides cuts? Training camp fights. Training camp fights are all the way back. And I love them. So it came out today. Antonio Brown. First of all, you got preseason games going on right now. You've got teams that fly in a couple days early. They'll practice against each other. They'll get in some work against each other. So this is a common occurrence. Happens every year. I don't think it happened last year because of COVID. There were no preseason games last year. But um, training camp fights, you got teams intermingling. You got, I mean, a lot of the times it would be players on the same team that fight each other. But now when you got mixed teams, you got no love for each other. And it is awesome. If you haven't done so already, go on my Twitter and look for the pictures of Antonio Brown punching a Titans corner in the face. He landed it square on the jaw like a UFC knockout. It was insane. Antonio Brown fights the Titans cornerback. Um, The Raiders and the Rams got into a fight today. John Gruden sent his whole team back on the bus and, and was scolding them for being children or something like that. Training camp fights, they're awesome. I don't know if you remember back Hard Knocks. It was the Texans and the then Washington R words, but they they went at it. DeAndre Hopkins started going at it with um, D'Angelo Hall. A lot of fights. It's hot. You're working out. You're beating each other up. I mean, this is just football, baby. Training camp fights all the way back. Joe Flacco still sucks. The Patriots destroyed the Eagles tonight, thirty-five to zero. Revenge game from the Super Bowl a couple years ago that the Eagles won. The Patriots get revenge in a, in a preseason game, 35-0. to zero. That's not a good look in any game. And you know what's funny is Joe Flacco still sucks. Joe Flacco, I mean, Jalen Hurts was sick tonight. He had to go to the hospital for, like, a stomach infection, which is insane. Hope he's all right. But Joe Flacco leading the way to a shutout. Well done. Devontae Smith got a little look at him. I think he dropped a ball, but I mean, I saw some decent routes on Twitter. I don't watch any of these games. I just I just see what's on Twitter, the highlights, and they're regurgitating get it back to you guys, so you're welcome for that, and then Deshaun Watson. We got more Deshaun Watson news. Deshaun Watson, the FBI got involved with Deshaun Watson's cases. Now, on the outside, I'm looking at this like, dang, that sucks. It was just local authorities. Now, you got the FBI looking into it, but the FBI is actually looking into extortion, Which would help Deshaun Watson's case, because Deshaun Watson, um, one of his accusers got 22 accusers right now. He had 23. One of them dropped the charges, but he has 22 accusers, sexual assault, sexual harassment, all this different stuff. And one of them was asking for money. Now, I don't know how much you know about the law. I didn't go to law school, but that is extortion. Right, that's like quid pro quo, sexual harassment, returning favors for sexual encounters. I mean, that's a that's extortion. So the FBI is getting involved. That's good for Deshaun Watson. Hopefully, they get it cleared up quick. I mean, it's been moving so slow. I mean, I don't, I don't see them starting the season with Deshaun Watson. He doesn't want to be there. He's got all this stuff going on. I mean, there's no way this guy ever plays for Texans again. Alright, that's a lot of football. We got a lot of football in tonight. It was awesome. Congrats to Joel Embiid getting an extension. Highest paid center in the league. Deserves it. He's the best. Um, I actually like Joel Embiid. I like his attitude. I like the way he plays. I know he's got beef with Giannis sometimes, but I like the way Giannis plays. Or uh, Embiid plays. So, something else happened. Something else is back. But, another broadcaster had to apologize. Today, is Thursday, August 19th, the one-year anniversary of Tom Brennan, the Cincinnati Reds, announcer apologizing for... What did he do? I don't even remember what he did. I think it was a, a homophobic remark. But he's on the air apologizing. Like, I consider myself a man of faith. And then he's announcing a game, so it comes up. The broadcaster comes out of him and says, um, Nick Castellanos hits a home run, and he's like, and there's a deep drive to left, and Castellanos says." Hit a home run. And then he goes back right back into apologizing. He stops mid-apology to announce that Nick Castellanos has hit a home run. And then reels it back in and says, I consider myself a man of faith. And there's a deep drive to left field, Nick Castellanos. And it's out of here. And then he goes right back to apologizing. Now we have another announcer that racially injusticed Shohei Otani. Now, we just had Stephen A. Smith that had to apologize for something a couple um, weeks ago, maybe a month or two ago, when he said Shohei Otani can't be the face of baseball because he doesn't speak English. And now we have a Detroit Tigers announcer that uh, made fun of, I guess, an Asian accent. If you haven't heard it, look it up. I mean, it's, it's something you feel like you would say to your bros in high school, If you were making fun of an Asian person, which isn't cool, but the announcer did this in front of the world, in front of the social media world where you can post something online and 7 billion people can see it. And he, he's realized he's done it and immediately apologizes. Like, I don't, it was still the same at bat, the same pitch, everything. He immediately apologizes. And this is just the age of broadcasters apologizing for everything. It's got to be the, the worst job in, in sports. And especially you got all these old guys that think stuff's funny. And then they end up apologizing for stuff. And it was funny watching like Stephen A. apologize. I think I talked about it on the podcast. But Stephen A. is like the a leader in civil rights. And he's a leader in um, equality and everything like that. And for him to say something about Shohei Otani, now you got this guy... Making fun of Shohei Otani's accent, or his, I mean, the Asian accent, that's insane. Broadcasters are apologizing for everything, because there's some real piece of shit ones out there. There's a lot of good ones, but there's some real piece of shit ones out there. And, you know, I can't just say negative things about baseball. Because today my Angels rallied from a 10-2 deficit in Detroit. Now, it's not like they were playing the Yankees or the, the Dodgers or... The Giants are a good team. They played the Detroit Tigers, but they rallied from a 10-2 deficit, down 10-2, I think in the second inning. And they win the game 13-10. That's some resilience right there. We sweep the Tigers. Watch out for the Angels coming to the playoffs. Every year there's a there's a team that just gets hot. You know, it was the Rays in the World Series last year, like randomly. The Rays were in the World Series. The Braves were almost in the World Series. They were, blew a three-to-one lead to the Dodgers. Why can't the Angels just randomly get hot right now? Mike Trout, like, I don't know what he's been up to, but he needs to get back. He needs to come soon. And then we can get um, we can get this thing rolling. Like, why not the Angels getting hot right now, just going to the playoffs and winning a couple series? You know? Why not us? Russell Wilson. Why not us? Now, I talked a little about Stephen A. Smith. His co-host, Max Kellerman, has been fired by ESPN. Not fired by ESPN. Got pulled from the show first take. I don't know, probably for his worst takes. I mean, the guy is a terrible take machine. And it it's kind of funny to watch. I don't watch a lot of first take. I'm usually at work. And it's usually on... Sometimes it's on the TVs at work, and I'll stop and listen to what they're saying. But Max Kellerman had some awful, awful takes. So they move him off of first take, which is probably one of their biggest shows besides, like, Sports Center. They move him off first take. It's a debate show with him and Stephen A. Smith. He's got to deal with Stephen A.'s like overbearing personality and his his argumentative just aura. But I mean, it, that's got to be hard enough as it is. But he did have some terrible takes. So for my list today, I'm going to give you Max Kellerman, Max Kellerman's five worst takes. And there's a lot of them, but I I, I, re- I did some research. I nailed it down to these ones. I boiled it down to these ones. All right. First one, number five, <clears throat> he said Kobe Bryant was on the all-decade worst team. Now, the the story behind this, so he, his quote exactly was, Kobe Bryant is on the all-decade worst team. Now, he said this because um, BallIsLife.com tweeted the NBA's all-decade team in August 6, 2019. I'm looking at it right now. They tweeted, NBA's All-Decade team. You got LeBron, you got Kevin Durant, you got James Harden, you got Kawhi on the first team. Second team, you got Westbrook, Melo, Blake Griffin, Chris Paul, and AD. And then the third team, you got Kobe, Dwayne Wade, Giannis, Paul George. I don't even know who that Blazers guy is. It's not Dame. Yeah, I don't know who that is. Um, <laughs> that's wild. But this came out... And so they don't have anything better to talk about I guess on first take. So they go off on this and Kellerman says Kobe Bryant's on an all-decade worst team. Kobe Bryant. Insane. Kobe Bryant all-decade worst team. Just terrible, <laughs> just absolutely awful thing to say for probably like the second or third best basketball player of all time. Number 4, more Kobe stuff. He said Kawhi is more clutched more clutch than Kobe Bryant. This was when Kawhi was on the Spurs and I don't know, it's May 7, 2019. You know what, he was on the Raptors then, I believe, cuz that was right around the time. They no, they hadn't won the they hadn't won the um the championship yet. They would have won it in June of 2019. So, I mean, he says the he says the Kawhi letter is better in the clutch than Kobe Bryant. That's insane. I grew up watching Kobe Bryant I mean, we if you're in my age group of 28, millennial-ish, we grew up watching Kobe Bryant, and we grew up watching him dominate the game and hit big shots and everything like that. We watched Robert Horry hit big shots, but this man came out and said, Kawhi Leonard is better in the clutch than Kobe Bryant. Again, probably the, the third best basketball player of all time. What else did Max Kellerman say? Number three, this is the famous one. This like goes viral on TikTok like every other week. But this is the one when he said, fate of the universe on the line. The Martians are pointing the beam at our heads. I need someone to make a shot or the fate of the universe is, is over. It explodes. It's all done. I'm going to take Andre Iguodala over Steph Curry to hit the final shot. And we all know that you guys you have no, have exactly know exactly what I'm talking about. You know, and he says, I want Iguodala. And he's so adamant about it, and Stephen A. just puts his head down, puts his hand in his, in his palm, and he's like, Iguodala over Steph Curry to hit a final shot? Number two, I actually wanted to agree with this take, but it was just so bad. In 2016, the beginning of the season, Max Kellerman predicts that Tom Brady is going to fall off a cliff in 2016, before the season. Alright, he was getting old. I'm like, thank God. Done with Tom Brady. You know, let's get this the ball rolling. Let's move on. And the stupid Patriots proceed to go fourteen and two. Fourteen and freaking two. They go fourteen and two. They beat the Texans in the divisional round. They beat the um, Steelers in the AFC Championship game. And then this was the classic Super Bowl where they were down twenty eight to three and they beat the Atlanta Falcons. They come back, and they beat the Atlanta Falcons in the first-ever overtime game. <sighs> that was just a swing and a miss right there. And then I think they lose the year after, but then Tom Brady, I mean, still going to 43, wins the Super Bowl last year, obviously. So awful take by, by Max Kellerman. Tom Brady falling off a cliff. We all want it to happen, but it just didn't happen. I mean, we're like five years later now and Tom Brady's still dominating, so sad, but terrible take. Number one worst Max Kellerman take. He said, Larry Fitzgerald might be a Hall of Famer. Larry legend. Larry, the freaking carrying the Cardinals team to any success they had the past 20 years. Larry Fitzgerald, A, one of the nicest dudes of all time. Be just an all around great receiver. There's been many seasons where he's had more tackles than drop passes, which means his quarterbacks were so terrible they threw interceptions. He had to go make a tackle and he dropped less balls than that. I think he's only got like a couple handfuls, maybe a dozen like drops in his career. The dude doesn't drop passes and he carried the Cardinals to that Super Bowl run that they had when they lost to the Steelers. He was scoring like two touchdowns a game, 180 yards. He was going off. And that was his only playoff run, I know. But the man has played for nine, with 19 different quarterbacks. And now he's on the, the sunset of his career. He's got Kyler Murray. He's finally got a really good quarterback. And then you got DeAndre Hopkins on the other side. This is his best shot. But he said Larry Fitzgerald might be a Hall of Famer. Insane. Larry Fitzgerald's been a top five or six receiver his whole career. And he never won a Super Bowl. But, I mean, Calvin Johnson, I don't think ever went to a playoff game. And he was a first ballot Hall of Famer. I'm not saying Larry Fitzgerald is as good as Calvin Johnson, but I'm saying the consistency, the, the ability to not drop passes, the leader that he is, how beloved he is, not by Arizona, but by the whole sport of football. Larry Legend might be a Hall of Famer. Larry Legend is a first ballot Hall of Famer, hands down. Like, not even close. First ballot. Definitely one of the best receivers of our childhood. Him, Calvin Johnson. Maybe like Terrell Owens. Guys like that. Ocho Cinco. I was watching Ocho Cinco's kid. But Larry Fitzgerald might be a Hall of Famer. Get the hell out of here. You be You deserve to be fired just for that. Alright, that's all I got, guys. Thank you for listening. I love podcasting. We've got a big weekend coming up. I've got fantasy football advice for you guys on my blog. Go look at anotherdumbsports.wordpress.com. Free fantasy advice. If you're in a league with me, don't use it. But if you want some fantasy advice, I did um, top five sleeper running backs on Monday on my blog. So go check it out. Stay tuned up in the podcast for more fantasy football picks. I got my first draft this weekend. Kind of excited. Um, Yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. Love always. And remember, Iowa sucks.